Hello, world. Welcome to this week's episode of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz coming to you after the first week of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Northern Trust. And Sleaze, uh, it was a blowout, to say the least. Uh, yeah, if you forgot what it looks like when DJ is clicking on all cylinders, here's a little friendly reminder. It's unbeatable. I mean, that was a joke. 30 under par. Uh, T to green, Colt. Uh, strokes gain, T to green, plus 18. The most in, in 13 years since they've been doing it. So there's a lot of talk about... I don't like seeing minus 30 win in playoffs, and that's too far under. They could have played that on any golf course in the world. and He might not have shot 30 under, but he would have won by a ton. It was yep. like literally the best ball striking we've seen in over a decade. He led in every single category that mattered throughout the week, cruised to victory. Um, and like you said, this is what we expect when Dustin Johnson is firing on all cylinders. It was one of those career weeks where he blew away the field. Not many people win by double digits, but Dustin did it. He moved back to number one in the world. Does this bother you how much – the world golf rankings keep fluctuating throughout. It seems like week to week we have a new player at world number one. You were even there for a moment. I was there, and it was a hell of a week. <laughs> hell of a week. It's bittersweet to me for me to talk about this right now, but I don't know if I have a problem with it. I just think it doesn't mean quite the same thing that it did 10 years ago. I mean, right now, I think if you look at it, who is the world number one? I mean, right now it's DJ. It changes every single week, but I would argue that there's probably five guys right there that on any given week, they're the best player in the world. And it's just more competitive at the top right now than I think it has been in a long time. I've thought of something they need to put in play, and I haven't told you this yet. What's that? Okay, so I can't at, wait. at the start of the week, there's a certain amount of world golfing ranking, world golf ranking points available, correct? Yeah. So let's just say if Dustin Johnson wins the Northern Trust, he gets 50 ranking points. Okay. Okay. When you win by 11, you should get a bonus. Right. You should get some more points because you slapped the field so bad I think you should get a bonus. If you win by more than five shots, you get a certain point bonus. Tick it up a little bit. Yeah, because that's different than winning, digits. beating Colin Morikawa in a playoff. Yeah, well, definitely. I think there's only two guys on the PGA Tour that I've seen that have that type of uh, ability to go run away and hide by double Well, I don't digits. care who it is. I'm just saying, if you win by that big of amount, it's Give different than points? just winning. Yeah, I think so. Okay, fair enough. But, but on the playoffs, if, if an NBA team wins by 30, should they go up 2-0 to zero instead of 1-0? to zero? No, but if, if, they, if the NFL team wins six games in a row... They can create a six-game lead. They can create a big cushion that other teams can't catch up to. Okay. I'm not mad at this. I yeah, think there's only two teams idea. that can really do it, and I like that because an 11-shot victory, we don't see too many of those. What no. do you think about the minus 30 winning? Is, are you like, these golf courses need to be harder, or do you, does that bother you? Well, I've played there, and I never thought that place was that easy. It doesn't look honest. easy. I mean, it's not short. Um, I think just with the weather we've had on the PGA Tour this year since the return, it seems like every single week the greens are soft, there's no wind, and it's hot, so the ball's yeah. going forever, which this last week it was crazy because the fairways were bouncing and the greens were crazy soft. Greens were spinning back. I was like, dude, the, the, yeah. if you're going to throw no wind in the mix, there's not a golf course these guys won't kill. Yeah, when you're exactly. When you're playing in no wind and you tell a PGA Tour player, one of the best players in the world, I need you to land this ball at 163, they come pretty close to landing around there. When they don't have to worry about the ball releasing or anything like that, mm -hmm. and yet the greens are in good shape so you can make putts, you're going to have low scores. Perfect. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I said this earlier today, would – would it bother you if 19 under par won that golf That's tournament? Just, yeah, take DJ out of the mix yeah. since he was on a different planet than everybody else, obviously. Eliminate him from it, boom. Now you go down to second place, 19 under. It looks exactly like the scoreboards have looked at TPC Boston for a number of years. Like yeah, you have a hell of a tournament. High teens, and you got a shootout. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys in the mix. So I don't know that much can be made of the minus 30. I would like, I mean, would I love to see a 10 to 12 under type of deal winning every week in the playoffs? Yeah, but unless you get a crazy golf course and get some help from Mother Nature, these guys, they're, they're just too freaking good dude they are they're ridiculous I mean, how good they are. Wild. that's what i hate like you don't give the players enough credit like these guys are superstars they are just so much better than everyone else in the world and they continue to get better and i think just you're going to continue to see better and better scores throughout the pga tour there's there's not much they can do they can roll the ball back guys are still going to hit it a mile 
it's not going to change the scores that much, in my opinion. You just have to have – I mean, the only way I can think of is you got to shrink the fairways, grow up the rough, and firm up the greens. That's the only way. Fast greens or firm greens are number one. Any golf course can get tougher with that. But, the, I mean, if Dustin Johnson's hitting at 330 down most fairways in the middle of the fairway, he's going to get at whatever flag you put out there regardless. Yeah, and, I mean, you can't do anything about Mother Nature. If it rains and dumps water on the greens and makes them soft, not everywhere is Augusta National where you can suck the water out of the greens. Yeah. Unfortunately. But – um. That's just how it is. These guys are these guys are really good. And hopefully uh, Wingfoot will get a little bit of uh, revenge mm-hmm. on these guys when we go up there in a few weeks. Like we said, Dustin Johnson, your new number one player in the world, number one in FedEx Cup. Um, and we're off to Chicago for the BMW Championship. But, Sleaze, there's some other sports going on. We've got a lot of basketball going on. Got a lot of hockey going on. Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to lean. I'm going to have to become a huge Avs fan here pretty soon. I like the Avs. I don't claim to be a big hockey guy, but obviously I root for them because my Nuggets are about to get bounced by the Jazz in mm. round one, which is going to kill me. So I'm going to have to latch on to something. So, yeah, I'll become uh, I'll wear an Avalanche shirt next week if we win. Well, I want to wish the best of luck to you and your you series. Too. And I hope you all get killed. Let's keep it classy. And I uh, hope you guys lose four to one. OK, Fair. well, I think it's time to open up the mailbag. Producer Mark, we got any good questions this week? Yeah, first question comes in from Casey Young on Instagram, who also offered a bribe of taking you guys out to San Diego Country Club next time you're in town if we ask this question. We like bribes. I'm in. We like bribes. Uh, And building off what happened with DJ this week, he wants to know what are the best rounds that you guys have witnessed in person? Well, I can start off because I got one quickly that comes to mind. I was fortunate enough to play with one of the few players in PGA Tour history that shot 59. I played with Adam Hadwin at what is now the American Express. Um, they're in Palm Springs, La Quinta Country Club. Not the hardest golf course in the world, but you still got to, you know, hit your golf ball on the fairway, hit on the greens. And it was 13 under. It was 13 birdies, no bogeys, um, made a four-footer for par after his playing partner, because it's a pro-am that week, informed that him informed him that he was leading the golf tournament and he also had a chance to shoot 59 in the last fairway, and I wanted to kill him. But luckily, Adam Hadwin <laughs> that's, that's ended up making so his putt brutal. for par. Shot 59, so I got to witness that, and I didn't have to kill a pro. What partner. did Adam say when the dude comes up? It's like, I don't know if you know this, but you might break 60. Which yeah, well, is Adam's just deal. so nice. He just kind of smiled and laughed, and I kind of just walked in between. And him, then like, you Get punched him, him in the nuts and oh, said, don't ever God. talk again. That's yeah. like going to the pitcher in the bottom of the bottom of the eighth. Like, no one's gotten a hit. Yeah. Don't know if you knew that. It just was, leave him alone. It was bizarre. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, every sports fan in the world knows you don't mess this up. Yeah. And, and the guy that signs up way. for a pro-am obviously yeah. played some golf before. Maybe leave it But away. that was definitely mine. To see a guy shoot 59. Yeah, that's cool. a good one. Not many people have witnessed that. I got one, and mine's actually a 36-hole day, but it was all in the same day. I played with Anthony Kim at a Redstone back in college with a new golf course where they, play, where they used to play the Houston Open, and it was – 40 something degrees freezing blowing 25 30 miles an hour i mean just an absolutely brutal brutal golf course anthony kim went out there and i believe he shot i'm, I'm gonna mess up the scores maybe a little bit but he shot nine or ten under for the 36 hole day nobody else was at par or better so we had a 10 shot lead through 36 holes and playing with him at that point in time that was the one time where i was like dude this guy is so much so much like so far and away better than everybody else i've ever seen it's not even a joke the way he was flighting it doing everything it was a 10 shot lead in 36 holes with some of the best college golfers you know in the country at the time like it wasn't some little bullshit field it was a real deal and i was just i got in the band afterwards i was like this kid's on a different level and it's to this day the, probably the most impressive day of golf i've seen i tell a lot of people they ask me to this day who's the best player i've ever played with and the only person i've never played in person with that's relative to the game right now is tiger woods and I tell everybody it's Anthony Kim. Yeah, I mean, he does everything good. He's fearless, swings it good, puts it good, and it's a shame that he's not around the game. And if you're listening, Anthony, we've been been talking, you and I, and I'm trying to get you to come on this show. 
Please, please, we need you. We are doing all we can to get Anthony Kim out. We have t-shirts. We have t-shirts. We are texting, calling, reaching out to friends, doing everything. So we are making a full push to get AK in this studio at some point. Maybe we send the, you know, golf.com jet. Maybe Pick we send up. the bird. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever we can do. I'll come in and talk about your day at Houston, at Redstone. Talk about how great you were. Producer Mark, any more questions? Yeah, we got one more for you guys. This is a follow-up on last week's Ricky Barnes interview, and it comes in from Art. Vandalay on Twitter. What a name. Mm, Do either of you guys think that when Ricky said he didn't put on Jack's jacket, he was actually running around the locker room with it on the whole time? (laughs) I'll I'll let you start away. Well, he was obviously not afraid of snitching on everybody else (laughs) and and airing out his story and hopping the fence and going in and getting blasted in the champion's locker room. So I got to think if he put it on, why stop there? Be like, yeah, dude, I put it on and I rolled around in it and I took it back up to the the, the crow's nest for a little bit. But I don't actually believe him when he said I don't think he did. Yeah, my only thought would be he's like, if I maybe possibly win a PGA Tour event, you know, I'm still in my early 40s. Yeah, might uh, get back. Maybe I can get back to Augusta and I don't really want to be banned from this place. But the Ricky, I know he's a rule follower for the most part. I don't see him doing that, uh, even though I sneaky wish he did. I wish they would have taken a picture, both of them in it, because that would go down all time. He's a rules follower, minus the hopping the fence at Augusta, breaking into Champions Locker Room, pouring drinks. And, well, he uh, couldn't get in. There was no other way to get in. It's not his fault, dude. Open up the gate for the guy staying on property, you know? All right. His well, hands were tied. As always, we appreciate the questions. Keep those coming. They're a lot of fun. But now it's time to get to this week's guest, PGA Tour veteran, four-time winner, a guy who uh, was kind of brought up in a little different way than a lot of the normal guys out on the PGA Tour. Didn't attend college, turned pro after his junior in high school, and that's Sean O'Hare. Yeah, man, this was a this was a really fun interview. Like you said, he's got a pretty unique story. A pretty, It's a fairly well-documented story if you follow Sean O'Hare and are familiar with it, but we really get in depth here about, about his upbringing, turning pro at such a young age, and everything that went through it before he became the Sean O'Hare that was winning golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. It's a it's a gnarly story, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, like you said, it's very serious at the start, but yeah. then we loosen it up at the end, and we get into a lot of fun, even learn why he's kind of scared of hotel bathrooms. Yeah, there's some good stuff at the end, so, so stick with it. Yeah, so let's get to it. Here's Sean O'Hare on golf subpar all right we are now joined in studio by a spectacular golf talent four-time pga tour winner nine wins across the globe and the only pga tour pro i've ever seen take a divot off the first tee at whisper rock golf club mr sean o'hare how we doing fellas how are you welcome Good to be with you nice to be here do you remember the divot off the first tee? i do i was so nervous i yeah. think I, I haven't been the same since I, get, I actually have jitters with my three wood now on you know it was actually a driver you and Graham Dillette. Like, don't back this yeah we've we've done this to a, you're our second tour player we've done this to Graham Dillette pops up his three whatever time he plays with me yeah, yeah. he's got the pop-up yeah. yips well we're yeah. gonna we're gonna fix that shit but by the Friday. way we should welcome you to Scottsdale you're newly resident welcome back I guess you kind of hot up as here. hell out here it's hot in here I'll tell you that yeah <laughs> it's it's hot um you know it, it's uh it, it was a long it was a long process like my wife and I were kind of talking about being out here for a long time and um finally happened she agreed to it you know and we got out of uh philadelphia i, know, I and, mean uh, it seems like philly in the winter would be a great place to really hone your skills yeah that's where you tighten it up you know what it uh i tell <laughs> you what i i really don't have anything to say about that um as hot as it is here right now it's that cold in the winter so it that says a lot you know mm. it's just there's you can't you can't do anything and um and so i i used to live out here when i was in high school and always loved it and just the vibe is is uh is it's a lot more relaxed than most places and and obviously golf is mecca here so love it well, let's go back that's to what that. we need is yeah. another yeah. fucking great tour pro in town that's hard to win money from well perfect well we get you strokes know. nowadays yeah i do well, you yeah you're working your I way i took there zero too. the other day but 
Yeah. One aside. You deserve normally. it. You deserve it at this point. Just remember for Friday, one aside. I don't think I've yeah, I get won. Two. I don't think I've won a match since I've been here. Good. Keep that going. You know, I've, I've <laughs> I play with you got to pay Chappie your dues. and Chez and Rom, and I'm like, <laughs> there are easier games in town, like it, me and Colt. <laughs> but yeah, Chap- you know, I'm used to playing against guys like 15 handicaps. You know, mm-hmm. where I can kind of like negotiate some shit on the first tee and actually win the match on the first tee. I can't do that with those guys. And they just pump that ego too. Even oh, when you hit God. it shitty, they think you have the oh, best shot ever. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. Good for fluffing, it's, but it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. The confidence has definitely gone downhill. Well, we'll make sure to make it go. We'll boost you. Yeah. Play me and Colt. <laughs> we'll kill. Well, let's get back to your youth. Cause you took a route to the PGA tour. That's very few people did. You turned pro after your junior year in high school. Take us through that decision and, and what it was kind of like being the number two ranked junior in the world. Well, um, at no point did I ever think that I was going to turn pro at 17 years old. I mean, I, I, uh, I was barely 17 when I turned pro and, and, and that kind of goes to a little bit deeper, deeper thing. I mean, you know, I always wanted to be a professional golfer. I mean, from the time I was five years old and, and, um, you know, and it was, it was a interesting road getting to to being second ranked junior in the country and, and, you know, and then guys playing against guys like Hunter Mahan, who was number one at the time and, and all that stuff. And, um, and I played with Sergio, I remember playing with Sergio Garcia, uh, at seven, he was 17 and I was 15 or 14, something like that. I think he was three years older than me. And, and, um, and I, I play with this guy and I'm like, Oh my God, this, this, this guy's, insanely good I mean he had shots ball flight everything was so much different than mine and and he ends up turning pro like a couple months later and I thought that was cool but I that wasn't something I wanted to do I wanted to go play in college golf and and um I wanted to go play for Buddy Alexander and that's that's that was the game plan and um and it was all set up and um my dad and I, I I don't think it's you know a secret that, you know, how my dad was with me and, and, you know, my dad traveled with me, um, uh, on the junior ranks there for a while. And, and we got in an argument and, uh, and he just, he, he lost it. And, and, uh, he told me I wasn't allowed to play junior golf anymore. And, and, um, and so he pulled me out of the, uh, U S junior, you know, and I just qualified for it. And, uh, Pulled me out of the U.S. Junior, pulled me out of Rolex Tournament Champions, and so that was the end of my junior career at 16 years old. And so I, we ended up going home, and um, I think I took like I don't know somewhere around a month off. And he came up to me and he goes, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go play uh, Nike Tour qualifiers, and you're not allowed to play junior golf anymore, and you're gonna play, um, you're gonna play men's amateur golf." tournaments and and that's it and I said okay fine I mean you know I didn't argue with my dad I mean you know I just it just you just didn't so um so I played uh I played five Nike tour qualifiers qualified for three. Oh wow and um, 17 years old at 17 years old and uh made made the cut I think in one of them and uh at Fort Smith Arkansas we'll talk about this for I the feel next honored hour. Mm. I'm so honored hard scrabble but um mm-hmm. you know I, I we were we were at this diner and uh after after we were done with it we were going back home and and uh we were at this di- diner and he's like what do you think um what do you think about turning pro and I said well I didn't really think about it I thought I would 
I was going to go, you know, go to Florida. And, uh, and he's like, well, you know, I think you're good enough to turn pro. And, you know, I was 17 years old. I never argued with my dad. He was pushing it hard. And, and so I'm like, all right, fine. Sounds cool. Whatever. And, uh, and that was the end of that. And had nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't ready. Had nothing to do with the, I knew what the hell I was doing. I mean, I, I had no clue. I mean, I was, I was a kid that had a little bit of talent and, um, and just, you know, maybe played well at the right time in some, some bigger events and, and that was it. But I wasn't a consistent player. Still not a consistent player. I mean, you know, and so you qualified for those Nike tour events as an amateur. Yeah. See, I, oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that How was, how long did that stretch last where you played professional events? Like you're qualifying for Nike events at the time, but you were an amateur. Just those five. Just five. And you, you qualified for three of them. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. impressive. Yeah. That's hard to do. Well, you should have turned I, pro as a guy that played a lot of qualifiers <laughs> and failed. That's um, hard to do. You know, what was, what, what was crazy about that is at that point in time, my, in my, life or, or my career, if you'd call it that, um, it, it was, it was almost like I was there to play perfect golf. So I was going balls to the wall, just driver, every hole, going to every flag, charging every putt, you know? And so, you know, it, it was one of those things where I, I would break a lot of course records, you know, and that would work well for qualifiers. And when I turned pro and was traveling around Nike Tour for, you know, three years, um, you know, I'd get in, out of 22 events, I'd probably get in seven, you know, seven, eight, eight events, which isn't bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. And But it's a totally different style of golf. I mean, when you're trying to qualify for a PJ Tour event or, or you know, a Corn Ferry event, you have to shoot eight under par to even sniff a chance to get in. Well, you're not doing that when you're getting in the tournament. You know, you're kind of, you know, you're plotting your way around and you're, you know, you're trying to place yourself, you know, you're not going to win the tournament on Thursday. You can lose the tournament, but you're not going to win it. So it's just kind of like you're taking your time and, and you know, it's, it's just totally different style of golf. So when I did qualify for an event, I, I just, I wasn't ready. You know, I'm playing, I'm playing podunk, you know, golf courses that are either wide open or there's no rough or there's, you know, the pens are in the middle of the greens and I'm just going at everything and trying to shoot as low as I can. And then, and then I qualify for a Nike tour event and then, you know, pens are tucked and there's rough and there's this and this, and it's like, well, what the hell do I do now? So I just, I wasn't ready mm-hmm. and I didn't have the right, the right support group to kind of get me ready. So basically once I turned pro, I, I had three years of just, pure hell. Yeah. I mean, I, there was, there was a lot of times where I would go in the bathroom, I'd look in the mirror and I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, I just, I can't do this shit anymore. I was miserable. And, um, it was, it was a very dark, uh, time of my life. And, and, uh, but the positive thing was, is, you know, and I still kind of look at it even like today is if I can get through that shit, I can get through anything. And, and when people talk about mental toughness, I think, you know, people have come to me or, or whatever through my career and said, ah, this, here's a guy that doesn't believe in himself. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a guy that's going to have a shit ton of confidence. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to blow smoke up my own ass and tell you how great I am. That's not who I am. There's a lot of those guys on the PGA tour. That's not how I grew up. And I was taught not to grow, grow up, 
taught not to be that way. But that doesn't mean I'm weak. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think mental toughness is, isn't about when you're playing good, do you have the confidence to go out there and compete against Tiger Woods or compete against Rory McIlroy or any of these other guys. It's, it's more like, hey, when, when the shit's hitting the fan, do you actually have the balls to hang in there and tough it out? And, and I, I think to me, that's the one thing I do have confidence in is, is I do believe that I can withstand a lot of shit. The three years you've mentioned, like I, you were looking at yourself in the mirror, like it was three years of hell. Like what made it hell other than if you were a young kid trying to play in a grown man's game? You know, no positive reinforcement. Um, you know, you, you play, you miss a putt my dad's on my ass for nine hours, you know, from the car ride, from not getting in on Monday to the next Monday qualifier, you know, and then you play a hundred rounds, you know, at that, at that next site. And you're trying to learn every little thing. And, and, you know, my dad did a lot of good things for me. I'm not going to sit here and and bash him. Um, But, I tell you, he, he put me through the ringer. I mean, he, he was a tough, tough guy to be around. And, and uh, you know, just a lot of negativity. There was never, there was never like, hey, look, you know, I know, I ne- I know you didn't play the way you wanted to, but, but uh, you should be proud of this or, you know, you should look at this or, or whatever. It was always, I shot 66 and it's like, you fucking should have made this putt or you should have done this different and you should have done this different and you should have shot 64. And... And it just it was it was tough, man. And just it it was three years of that. And um, and I think when you put put on top, I didn't belong. I I I shouldn't have been a professional golfer. I was not mm-hmm. ready to be a pro golfer. And the shit that comes with it, you know, I just wasn't ready for it. And and um, and at the end of the day, it's like you know, you put a seventeen-year-old or an eighteen-year-old or a 19 year old in that chaos. And it's not like you're on the PGA tour living the life or even on the corn ferry living the life. You're in the qualifiers. I mean, you're, you're in red roof ends. And I remember spending eight months on the road away from my mom, you know, and just, just living in and out of a car and living in and out of shitty hotels and, you know, eating all, you know, living off fast food. And, and it just, it just was a very, dark time in my life. There was nothing that I loved, liked about my life. There was nothing that, uh, you know, that was positive about it. And, um, and that, you know, I don't really think about it too much, but it's kind of interesting talking about it. It's like, you know, I probably should think about it a lot because it would help me with my perspective now even. Yeah. And, and looking back, I mean, obviously, like I said, you, you went a route that not many people do. And I think kids going to college, we've all played professional golf now. We've all been on the journey. Kids going to college, you learn so much about yourself. You get away mm. from your parents and all that. Would there ever be a point you think you would recommend to a kid being like, hey, you're ready to go. You should skip college. Never, never. I, you know, I've had, I've had people come up to me and ask, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, what do you think about my son doing this or that? And, and, or my daughter doing this or that. And I would never tell anybody to grow up faster than they should. Mm. I mean, look, we're adults. We know it, it actually, I, 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 every day I wake up, I'm like, God dang, you know, I wish I was 
12 again, you know, <laughs> be eating my Fruit Loops and watching, club, yeah. and watching He-Man and all that. Remember He-Man? He still does that. Yeah, oh, I yeah. still do. You're, yeah, t- you're uh, explaining dude, my morning dude, routine right yeah. now. You know, the A-Team? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I loved it. And, you know, it just, I would never tell anybody to grow up faster. If you can delay it as much as you can, do it. And, and um, you know, I think my dad did it to control me. I, I think he was afraid of me going to college and and me getting an opinion and me basically telling him, yo, this is, I'm going to do it my way, not your way anymore. And and I think looking back, I mean, that was really the reason why he did it. And, and um, you know, I think he was afraid that I'd probably get involved in, you know, alcohol or women or drugs or whatever and, and – kind of like he did in college because he he was kicked out of college and and uh you know and I just he never gave me that opportunity or that chance to prove him wrong so you know I think for me it was for a different reason but I think some of these kids are that good to where they could turn pro you know there are there are 17 18 year old you know uh boys and girls that that are actually good enough to turn pro I mean you know, Boyd Summerhays has a couple kids that are damn good, mm-hmm. and they're probably they're probably good enough to turn pro. And and I think if I'm if I'm not wrong, I think they did. But I would never I would never push a child or or a kid to say, "Yo, you, you need to grow up, and you need to grow up now yeah. to make money." I just okay. I don't I don't agree with that. It's been documented, but like, can you explain a little bit during that three-year stretch you're talking about? Like, what were your, what was your day-to-day like? You had a crazy regimen in terms of like yeah. from sun up to sundown, like what you did to get better at golf. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. I don't think it was as bad as people thought it was. But I mean, I I would get up at five a.m. You know, um, run. Um, my dad would would track a mile around around the a hotel. So it was it was actually kind of funny looking back, but. He would uh, he would take whatever our, our car was at the time. He would reset the 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 uh, mile gauge and and he would do like loops around the hotel parking lot to see how many loops around the parking lot was a mile, and uh, and that was the thing. It was like all right, so you know you go run a mile every morning. It had to be under eight minutes. If it wasn't, you had to redo it. And and then you stretch and then you go about your day and and it was a full day. I mean, it was a full day. And I think, uh, you know, there was it seemed like there was always a game plan for him with what we were going to work on. But it was always different. We never worked on the same same things. And um, I think that's a big reason why I've struggled a little bit of sticking to, you know, either coaches or sticking to, you know, swing thoughts even in my career right now is because I was brought up that way. You know, it was like, all right, today we're going to work on link two and link three. And then, you know, and he had the David Ledbetter, you know, (laughs) link book. And it's like, you know, um, and he had a lot of good ideas. He did. He had a lot of good ideas with how to, how to train. Like he would always try and make it uncomfortable for me. You know, he would, make up a scorecard and he'd be like, all right, I want you to practice for two hours and I want you to go through this scorecard. Whereas like, all right, you have to throw one ball in the thick rough from this distance, chip it to here, make the putt. And it's just like, you know, there was, there was some good ideas. Um, but at the end of the day, it just, it didn't work for me. That's not the style. That's not who I am. 
like to me, I'm like, all right, uh, let's go hit balls for about 2.3 minutes and let's go play. Go play. And that's, that's just, that's, that's how I am. And, and that's when I'm playing my best golf, that's what I do. So, um, but at that point in, in my life, I didn't have a say. I couldn't, I couldn't say, hey, no, that's can, not what we're doing. Can you explain to me how, like, you run the first mile and it's not under eight minutes, how the hell you're supposed to run the second, <laughs> second one? one? After when you're fresh, right, you didn't get, get there. Uh, go ahead and get, get fresh now that you're There was, there was... Um, <laughs> that, that part bothers me. <laughs> there, there was, this is funny, this is, I, I, was, uh, I was a junior golfer. Um, I think I was about 15 or maybe just turned 16. And we were playing New Orleans in August. Mm. AJGA beautiful. playing yeah, beautiful playing part of the country English that turn mm-hmm. that is a bitch of a golf course by the way mm-hmm. and I it I was not playing well at the time and and at the time my dad and I had a a you know it was more his idea and I just agreed to it but it was for every shot over par I had to run a mile that day and but for every shot under par he had paid me seventy five bucks. Oh, so there was an up. Hell there was a, a deal. There, there, there was an up Hell to it. Hell of a deal. I need way more and, than that. And Cole uh, would be winning the Boston Marathon. Yes. <laughs> dude, you know, think about how hot it is. Yeah. New Orleans, Brutal. August, right? Can't be hotter. I shot eight over par. Oh, little eighty piece. So I had to run eight miles. In yeah. pants, Every, right? Didn't you have to run them in no, pants? No, no, oh, no. Oh, no, no. See, these are... Yeah, no, no, no. All right, no, no, right. No, no. so it's short, so it's no, so it's no problem. No. And it wasn't... It, it wasn't an air-conditioned gym. It wasn't It wasn't that. But I had to run eight-minute miles, eight of them, back-to-back. Back. I quit. That's and it. that that was... That How'd was, that go? That was, did you, did that you was do tough. it? Did you, did that you was beat eight-minute miles? After that, yeah. You did? Yeah. Damn, you're an athlete. Well, back then I was. Yeah. Now, not so much. But um, I remember like begging after that, like we like, please, we can't we can't do this anymore. And I think that was probably the last that was the last hoorah. But uh, that was an interesting day. That was a long day. That was a long day. You mentioned like you want to be a professional golfer since you were five years old. Was at that point in time when you're talking about like was golf fun for you? Like, did you still have that same dream? Like, I I want to still play professional. Man, I had I had such a great childhood. I, I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. You know, I was, my parents were members at Lubbock Country Club, and I lived across the street from the third hole. And dude, I would I would pack my su- swimsuit in my golf bag. I would walk across the street. I'd go play nine. You know, no one's on the golf course because I mean it was first thing in the morning. I was on that range at seven a.m. beating balls, and then I would go do short game. And there was there was a uh, uh, a cat who is the, uh, I think he worked for UPS or something like that, or, or uh, I forget, he was, I think it was UPS or something like that. And, and he was the uh, club chant, and his name was Brad Simnacker. And he used, to, he used to babysit me when I was a baby. And, and so I would go hang, hang out with him, and he was probably 20, 23, 24, 25, and I'm this, you know, eight, nine-year-old kid wanting to hang around this guy because – Cause I mean, I remember his wedge. He had this old school wedge. He hit. He had a. He had a golf ball imprinted in his wedge. He would hit so many wedges, and this thing was so old. And I thought it was so cool. And I'd just watch him, and I would mimic everything he would do. And 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 I had, uh, you know, I'd go play with this, the assistant pros, and 
you know, the members there were so nice to me. You know, they weren't like, oh, who's this kid? You know, I just was so well. I had a great childhood growing up. And my love for the game, you know, I'd go play with my mom with the nine-hole ladies, and they'd stick a few clubs in, in my mom's bag, and I'd sit between the, the two women. And this was when I was real little. I mean, I was probably five years old. And, you know, I grew up on a golf course. And, I mean, it's a great way to grow up. It is. And, um, but my dad was not involved. I mean, I, I saw my dad, if at all, I saw my dad maybe 20 minutes at night. And most of the time he was drunk. And, and, you know, that was when he was drinking and he, he, he stopped drinking when he was, I think he went to rehab in like 95 or 96. And, but my childhood was all about my mom taking me to, to state tournaments when I was probably, you know, 10, 11 years old. And before that, I hung out at Lubbock Country Club and, and, and just did my thing. And, and uh, I was always kind of a loner. I didn't, I didn't hang out with kids my age. I always hung out with much older people. And, and, uh, but to me, I mean, it's, it's what I always wanted to do. And I loved it. And when I got bored, I'd go to the, you know, go to the swimming pool and, you know, uh, order a big chocolate cake. And, and I was happy as a clam. You know, I mean, it, it was a great way to, 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 to spend every day. And, and, um, you know, I look, I still look back on those days and it, it brings a smile to my face. And, and, uh, I love the people at that club. I love Lubbock Country Club. I still talk to a few, a few people from Lubbock Country Club and it, and it just always brings back great memories. That's awesome. Well, let's, uh, should we fast forward to the PGA tour a little uh, bit? Here we so, go. Yeah. You want to go straight hey, through the Jickies? Hey, you spent a few years on the Jicks. Here we go. Well, actually, and I'm one a quick question. guru. One quick question. Cause we all remember our first dollar we made as a professional our first check where was yours and do you remember how much it was for no you don't remember no are you kidding me i, I when you're I a pro for 21 you, years it's hard dude, to remember. i gotta tell you I'll i never first i mean I, I i never gave a shit about any of that stuff like to me you know th- those years are such a blur i don't know if it's because i wanted to forget some of those yeah, years sure. but but um i do remember i started playing mini tour like solid mini tour golf um, when I was about 20, this was, this is when I met my wife and, and I got away from my dad and we started kind of doing our own thing. And, and, um, uh, I won a new England tour event and I think I won like $8,000. I dude, I thought I was the richest man alive. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I love that. I miss those days. Well, you made a little more out your rookie year on the PGA tour. Yeah. You, you, you get your PGA tour card in 2005, I believe you win the John Deere. Yep. You finished second at the Byron Nelson. You're named Rookie of the Year. Did you did you kind of think, okay, here's the start to me becoming a superstar in this game? Dude, I got to be honest with you. When I when I went to – so my my second stage, I went through all three stage, mm-hmm. stages of qualifying school that in 04, the winter of 04, and made it through first stage pretty easily. And I birdied the last three holes on the final round to get through – Second stage on the number. Do you remember that? Because that was one oh, of the things fuck, I'd I, I down. Do. Like, that, did you that, know that uh, I need three right now? Um, no, it's it's actually kind of a funny story. So my father-in-law was caddying for me at the time, and he and I were button heads, and and so we stopped talking on the back nine good. of that round. Always and, good. And <laughs> uh, and so we kind of spent I don't know, probably three holes, uh, not talking to one another, and and. I think I said something I probably shouldn't have. You know, I, I tend to say the first thing on my mind 
you know, that's just, you know, I, it gets me in trouble every now and then. And, um, and so he didn't, he didn't like that. And we spent a few holes not talking. And, and I remember on, I think, it, I think it was like 15. Yeah, it was on 15. He, he's like, I'm sitting there bitching. I'm like, here we go again. Cause this, I mean, this is sixth time I was at Q school and, and I'm like, here we go again, you know, choking my guts out, blah, 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 blah. And he, he looked at me and goes, he goes, dude, why don't you stop being a, you know what, and, and pull your head out of your ass, be an athlete and, and let's fucking finish solid. Let's make some birdies and get this thing done. And it was the right thing. It was the perfect thing for me to hear. It, it, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was like, poor me, poor me, poor me. And it's like, he told me exactly what I needed here at the time. And, and so just my focus just, you know, just totally changed. And then I birdie 16, birdie 17, hit like a three iron on 17 like that. I still think it's probably the best shot I ever hit in my life. And, um, and then I made like this crazy eight foot downhill slider uh, put on the last hole to get in. And so when I went to, so I went to final stage and I was working with uh, 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 the guy I'm working with now, Steve Dalby. He's out of Phoenix Country Club. And, mm-hmm. and, and he, uh, you know, Dalbs was like, dude, you know, you need to focus on getting your tour card. I'm like, screw that. Like, I'm not going to get my PJ tour card. I'm, I'm, you know, I just want a job. I just want a full-time job on the buy.com tour or whatever, whatever it was called at the time. I forget what it was called, but, um, and so, you know, I was kind of on the, the number, you know, of getting my PJ tour card on the, on the sixth round, um, in Q school. And, and, I just had one of those dream rounds. I, I first hole of the day, hold a seven iron for Eagle next hole made a, made a putt, made a, like a 30 foot putt. And then I chipped in later on the round and, and shot this like unbelievable round and ended up getting my PJ tour card, finished fourth in Q school. And so when I showed up at Sony, you know, I, I was so scared and terrified and uncomfortable and the first fucking person I see in the in the locker room is Ernie Els. Welcome. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> and I mean, I I idolize the guy. You know, I mean, he he's just this massive man. And and I mean, and I've you know I, I I mean I've watched this guy's golf swing, try to swing like him, and and it's like here's here's a hero of mine, and and it's like boom, I got to play against this guy. And it was it was. You know, each week it was me trying to find just a comfort level. Well, didn't you finish twelfth at Sony? I don't think I've, I think I missed the cut at Sony. I can't remember. I, 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 I can't remember. I finished tw- I finished the first first good tournament I think I had was like Honda, and I, I made like seventy seven grand, and I was like on cloud nine. And then like a week or two later, I finished second at Byron Nelson, mm-hmm. and that was when. I learned I can win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. Was, I was in attendance when you finished second there. Yeah. That was was that the first time you felt like, all right, I got my own money, I got my own job, I got my job security, I, I, bought, I, I, I control what I do at this I point. Bought my first, I bought my first like nice house after Byron Nelson. So, yeah, I, I kind of felt – I didn't feel established, but I felt like, yeah, I, I can do some things that I've always dreamt of doing – and and when I when I won John Deere, I, I bought my first sports car, 
an What'd E an E fifty five AMG. Mm. Mm. So, so I went fast. so I went so I went to I went to a Dodge dealership. I've actually one of my buddies owns that dealership now, but he didn't own it at the time. And and I saw an orange, burnt orange Dodge Viper convertible. <laughs> Thank God. And by the sense. way, by sense, the way, dude. there's no way in the world I would have figured out how to get that thing out of the damn <laughs> When I see you, I see lot. orange Dodge Viper. I, I have no Honestly. idea I have no idea how to drive you stick shift properly. Like I can get it from A to B, but I can't, I, I can't drive it properly. And, and so I'm looking at this thing and, and guy comes out and he's like, you know, you can't afford this car. And, and I'm in like, I'm this skinny, I'm dude, I'm 152 pounds. How old are you at this time? I'm 22. Yeah. You know, and 152 pounds, six, two wearing my Adidas blue, you know, gym shorts with my t-shirt looking like a kid. And he's like, you can't afford this car. And, and it really kind of pissed me off. So I went down the street the next day, bought a more expensive car, and <laughs> told the guy to go fuck himself. So, so, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll show it. you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about your commission, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> right. uh, the kid shows up and wants to buy a car, you sell yeah. him a fucking car. Yeah. I, I, you know, you never know. You never know who you're dealing you with. You never know. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Well, that was your first of four wins <laughs> on the PGA Tour. You could have had a few more if it wasn't for a guy named Tiger Woods. Yeah, Especially that, at that, that guy's Bay good, Hill. man. That he's bastard. he's really really good. But he, yeah, let's talk about a little bit about those battles at Bay Hill you had. I know one year you had a five shot lead. I got to be honest with you, it wasn't really a battle. Well, you lost uh, by it, one. It, it wasn't a battle. It was more. I had a five shot lead, and then Tiger does what Tiger does, and I just crumbled, you know. And and I think I think I, I actually remember what I said to him when I shook his hand. I said, "I wish I gave you." I wish I gave you more of a fight today, but, but um, I mean, dude, that guy is so good. I mean, it, it, the places that he was in, I mean, he played some solid, solid golf on that front nine. And, and this is 09 when I had a five-shot lead. And um, I actually played with him the final round the year before in 08. 08. But I wasn't, I wasn't leading at any point in time. I think I finished third, but he ended up beating Bart Bryan, I, th- mm-hmm. I think, um, that year. And... Uh, and uh, or Brad Bryant, I, I forget which which brothers which. Bryant. Was it yeah. Bart? Mm-hmm. Was it Bart? Bart. So um, so Sunday of uh, you know of '09, I had a five shot lead and and I was I was more nervous than a one eyed cat in a fish factory and 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 I just. It's a good one, dude. I that's, I like that's that my go to. Yeah, like that's that? your one. So yeah. that's my go to. Yeah. So um, you know, and I just played awful. I played awful, and it and it was it was nerves. I mean, it was it, for me to play the way I did the first three days, and then for me to play the way I did that front nine. I mean, it was it was solid nerves. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that environment, and the environment was so hostile. I mean, people saying you're going to choke, you're going to do this. I mean, I've never experienced that at a golf tournament before or even after that. I, I've never seen anything like that in my life, and and uh, and then he comes out just just doing what he does and being Tiger Woods. And, and I think I lost pretty much my whole entire lead on that front nine. And, and then I started playing, mm-hmm. you know, and I actually played pretty good on that back nine and gave him a little bit of a, of a, of a fight there, but. Well, he made the putt you know, to win. By he one. did, he did I mean, make the putt, but I mean, it just, it should have never got to that point. I, I think, you know, with how I was playing at that point, if I was a little bit more prepared mentally, I think I would have won that tournament by three or four shots. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, the way I was hitting the ball that year, I mean, I won two weeks later at Quail Hollow, and I, I didn't make a putt outside 10 feet, and I won on the PGA Tour. I don't, I don't think that's ever been done before. Probably not. And the way I hit the golf ball that year, I, you know, I still try and do that, and it's just I've never – I think it just was one of those years where it just, it, it just, it just clicked. And, um, and I, I honestly – I'm not to blow smoke up my own ass, but I, I actually think I was the best ball striker in the world that year. Mm-hmm. And, and it took me, and that's why I had my best year in my career, but, you know, I was a terrible putter, um, didn't know how to putt. And, uh, I think my short game was suspect at best. And, you know, and I was playing against the best player that's ever played the game. So of course he's, you know, going to come yeah. back and what does Tiger say when you go to him and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't give you a better run for your money. <laughs> I apologize you know for what? you beating me today. <laughs> I wish I could have been you know a more what? worthy adversary. You know what? Uh, I, I don't think he really gave two shits about yeah, what he's I like, said. like, no, dude, don't worry about it. It's, <laughs> you did fine. Well, for the record, he, he has gone like supposed to. He has gone on to say that he, first off, he thinks you have incredible talent, and he's also a huge fan of yours. He actually stood around and waited for you at Quail Hollow after you won. He did. That, that was super cool. That's got to be. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's... That, that was, that. you know, to me, that's – you know, me being a fan of the game and me being kind of a, a, a mushy guy, I, I actually take stuff like that. I remember more of that than I and care more about that stuff than actual wins. You know, I mean, to me, that was probably one of the highlights of my career is, um, you know, and I don't talk to Tiger like I did back then. I don't I don't even talk to Tiger at all. And, um, you know, we we hung out a little bit for a for a period of time there and played some practice rounds and stuff like that. And, but for him to, to do that, I mean, that was a really cool thing of him to do. And it was definitely a highlight of, for my career and something that I will remember personally. And I'm sure it's something that he, you know, it, it's, it's not even a glimpse <laughs> in his life, but to me, it was a big thing. And, and it was, it was cool for him to, to make that happen for, for a guy like me. What's it like when you come out and you, you talk about your rookie year, you show up at Sony and you see Ernie Ellis, you're like, I am shitting bricks. I'm so nervous to be here. And then all of a sudden you go out and have that monster rookie year that you have. And all of a sudden you're being labeled the best player under 30 at a time when there was a lot of really good players under 30. Is it hard to manage like the expectations? Yeah, it think, was, like, it was hard for a few, it, it was hard for a few years to manage the expectations. Oh, uh, six was a tough year for me. Uh, you know, I, I think it was me trying to live up to the expectations that people had of me and me of myself. Right. And, 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 and to be honest with you, I, I think that when I tend to get out of my own way mentally, I, I, I can play some pretty good golf. And, but that's not my strong suit. You know, my, my strong suit is to get in my own way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think I'm really good at that. So, yeah. so if, if I could sell that, I'd be, I'd be a gajillionaire, but, but, um, but you know, it just, it was it was it was tough to live up to that and and i had a hard time with that and you know i go from not knowing who i was i mean th- think about it i mean you know i i never made a decision for myself until i was 20 years old i mean i i married the first girl i ever dated and and you know and we had you know she basically saved me from this horrible situation i was in and 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 I grew up a lot in two years, and and but here I am, a kid, you know, on on the PGA Tour, living living a dream, and then all of a sudden you're rookie of the year. I, I I never would have dreamt of that. I mean, it was just such a shock. So 
you know, for me, it was just like, how do you, how do you live up to that? And, and it just, I wasn't ready for it. You know, I really wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. And, and so 06 was a tough year, but you know, I came back in 07, 08, 09, had a good years, 10, I had a good year, struggled a little bit in 11, but I ended up winning. It was kind of one of those lightning in a bottle type situations. And, and, you know, I've had some kind of glimpses of some good play since then, but, but I'm just not nearly as good of a ball striker as I used to be. And, and, you know, and, and it's just, uh, I think kids have gotten better. I mean, 22 is not so young anymore. And these kids are coming out 20, ready to win. Matt Wolf, um, you know, um, Colin now, I mean, he's, I mean, what a player he is. Yeah. I mean, my God, I mean, what a golf swing and just guys weren't that seasoned Mm -hmm. and, you know, winning, winning as a rookie was, was, was like, whoa, but winning at 22 as a rookie was like, whoa, you know? And I think at one point I had four wins in my twenties and I was the first or the, the person after tiger to do that. But now it's like, you know, guys have four wins by the time they're 23, 24 years old. And, and they're talking about winning major championships. So it's like, I, I, I mean, I'm not that good. Yeah. Well, Never you was. are, you were very good. You're stop, pretty good. Stop. Yeah. You're let's, pretty good. Let's stop back off at 2009. Cause you make the president's cup team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fred couples is the captain. Yes. Michael Jordan to be a part of the team. Yeah. And I've heard that you weren't in the best spot mentally. No, going into that week. No, it wasn't. So Michael went on record and said, my biggest focus this week is Sean O'Hare. Okay. That's can you, nice. Wait, yeah. Well, it's pretty that's cool. A, I mean, pretty, you can hang around the greatest, one of the greatest yeah, actors that's of all time. Yeah. But Charity case. Can you please explain <laughs> some of the things Michael talked to you about? Yeah. What, what were some of the things Michael talked to you about? And, uh, and, and explain that week. Because I heard Phil kind of took you under his wing, and then obviously Michael sat you down. You know, Michael didn't really sat me down. I think Michael does what Michael does, which was being a dick. <laughs> on the golf course perfect makes sense and and trying to see what the deal was and i think it really was kind of like i don't to me it was kind of like i don't really need that like I, I i don't think those guys knew what my upbringing was mm-hmm. and there is no way i should have ever been on the pga tour like there's no way what are and, you talking about it just with the environment I was put in, like it just it just was such a hostile environment. I mean, there's no way that I should have made it, and it's hard enough to make it. And I just think that those guys, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with how I was hitting the ball, with how I was putting. And it was more my putter that was the problem. It wasn't my ball strike. I was actually hitting the ball quite well, but I wasn't putting worth a shit. And and so I was really struggling with that because I wasn't scoring. And, and, um, and so, you know, I think Jordan was trying to, you know, say some words. The best thing that Jordan and I did, did was we played a practice round and afterwards we got hammered. <laughs> Perfect. Yep, that you know, work. I mean, that does it. And, you know, I, I remember I played with, like, I think it was Lucas Glover, me, uh, might have been Couples. Or Stricker, I forget who it was, and, and Jordan was playing, and, and it was it was cool, had a good time, and then Jordan and I were, were shooting the shit about cars, and we were drinking scotch and got shit faced, or I got shit faced, and he was just drinking me on the table. And, <laughs> he can and, drink. And, he was fine, you yeah. know, and 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 then that was that. It, it just and it was to me that's one of those moments, like it was one of those tiger moments where he came up to me and gave me a hug. It, it just, you know, for 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 Michael Jordan to do that and take the time to do that for me 
means a lot to me. And, um, you know, that, that's one of those special moments and, and, and something I'll never forget. And, and, you know, and it's probably nothing. I mean, he probably doesn't even remember that moment, but, but to me sitting at a table, basically telling Jordan he's full of shit because his car is fast, was faster than mine. And I was like, no, I had, I have something faster than yours. And then, you know, Couples is like, let's get some cars and let's race. And it just, you know, not that he was serious about it, but, but it just was like, it was one of those moments like, holy shit, is this really happening? That's cool. Because I mean, I, you know, Fred Couples was some, was honestly, there was two guys that I basically try to idolize and it was Fred Couples. I want to act like Fred Couples and I want to swing like Davis Love. And for, for Fred to say some of the things he said to me that year and take the time out of his out of his life to to say the things he did and to encourage me and to text me as much as he did and then for Jordan to do what he did and and you know Phil even I, I think Phil went went to 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 uh, couples and was like hey give me Sean I, I want you know I want to mm-hmm. you know I played all five matches which I I thought I would probably sit out every match except the singles <laughs> match and they would probably try and sit me out on that one if they could have but but for me to play all five matches I was like this is like a dream come true and and it just it, it just is something that's very special and and uh, something I'll I'll never forget. That's awesome. How good is Phil to play with in that deal? Because we had Keegan Dude, Bradley he's a on. It was a kind of a similar you know, situation. Like, how much a, does he help you win, especially when you're mentally? You know, he's an interesting struggling. cat. He's an interesting cat because um, I really don't know how to say if if I like Phil or if I don't like Phil. <laughs> that's that's. I I admire fair. I admire Phil. Um, you know, I think he acts a certain way to you that I don't agree with, you know, I, 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 it was kind of one of those things where we, we played it, we were boys for a week. And then two weeks later, I see him like, yo, and he puts his head down. He's like, you are, you know, that's, that's cool. I, you know, that's cool. But, 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 you know, dude, for him to, to, to kind of take me under his wing the way he did and to say and to encourage me the way he did during some of those matches. I mean, that was, that was really cool for me. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard because I am, I'm, I think I'm more of a fan of the game than I am an actual professional golfer. And I think it actually hurts me mm. um, because I, I, I still idolize these guys. I'm still like, this is, this guy's fucking cool as shit, but I got to act like, you know, it's no I'm going to be, I'm going to beat your ass. But, but I know I can't, and and but like you know guys like Phil and VJ, I'm, I love VJ. I mean he's he's probably the one, he's probably the guy that has been consistent throughout the years for me, and someone that I can really say you know what he's probably been the biggest influence for me professionally. But but um, I say I always say if like people ask who like. Who do we not get out there on the oh, VJ. Here's the wrong perception. Yeah, the wrong that's perception? a surprising like, answer. Dude, awesome. VJ, VJ is fucking, he's a, he's a gooey cookie inside. He's really, he's such a good dude. If you can and talk shit this, back to him. I mean, oh, just, 100%. What's he, he done for you? It. Like, why do you view him as the guy that's like consistently? You know, I, I remember, I forget the, if it was my rookie year or maybe it was 06 that I played with him at Quail Hollow. And he he did his normal bullshit, you know, where he comes walking up. And, you know, he's the last one on the tee. And, and then he shakes your hand and he does one of these on top deals. And he like oh, squeezes a little dominance, it. little alpha move. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm like one of those dogs that kind of turns over and is like, you know, I'm submissive. So I so I give him one of these <laughs> jobs, right? And and he just stares me down. I just keep looking at him. I'm like, yeah. do we have is this, is this a moment for us or, <laughs> or you know? And I think it was kind of one of those things that he he saw that I wasn't afraid of him and and we started playing some practice rounds and we would joke around and and we would kind of hang out and 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 you know if I if I went and saw him at a tour event I'm going to stop what I'm doing to go say hello like it's one of those type yeah. relationships and 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 uh he's always given me the time of day and and um he doesn't pay his bets but that's okay and <laughs> and and but I I tell you I I'll, I'll, you know that guy is he's been special to my career so but I look at guy, like a guy like Phil going back to Phil. I mean, I mean, here's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game, and 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 it's just like, how do I even help this team? Mm-hmm. It's like let me just get out of his way and let him do his thing. And but he kind of was like, you know, we're gonna kick these guys' ass, and 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 it just was it was fun. He made it a lot of fun. That's awesome. He's yeah. the best at that, from what I, I Dude, mean. He's, I've played he's, a good amount of golf with him, but every guy that's ever been paired up with his, him, he makes you think ta- like you are, we are going to steamroll these his guys. His shit talking and, and you are the skills best. are unbelievable. Yeah, and he just makes you think like you're really fucking good. I've heard, I've heard a story. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard a story that he told a guy to pick up like a 10-foot par putt in like a U.S. amateur. First hole at Cherry Hills. That's the story. He drove and the he green, made, and the guy he made hit like, it short. It's like a drivable yeah. hole. He hit it up short, and the guy had a flop shot to like 15, 10 feet, whatever yeah. it was, and Phil had driven it up by the I mean, green. I who has the like, balls hey, to do that? It yeah. It's good. And, and by back. the way, he made the putt. And he made it. Yeah, and it see, went on. I mean, it's like, no one it's can over. do that. I mean, who do you no think do best shit talker on tour is? Hmm. Phil's got to be up there. Uh, Tiger doesn't shit talk at all. Tiger's like, he puts the silence mode on, and he just shows you how good he is. And... And that's intimidating in itself, right? I mean, it's just, I don't care how friendly you are of him. It's like when it's Sunday and he's got that red shirt on, he's going to rip your throat out. Mm-hmm. And he's going to piss on your carcass when he's done with you. <laughs> and then you're going to apologize for not playing better and giving him a better run for his money. Exactly. I'm sorry, I didn't play better, Mr. Woods. Exactly. You deserve a better challenge. But Phil's got to be up there. You know, there's a lot of shit talkers that are pretty good shit talkers, like the guy to my left, but they can't follow it up. That's true. Yeah. I said on tour, That's you know, but um, I, I would tour. say Phil's got to be Phil's got to be the guy. I'll that accept I, that answer. Yeah, he's pretty good. And you were around Anthony Kim good. when he was Anthony Kim, dude. Man. AK, he was a AK, ten, bro. AK had swag, man. Like that, that, more juice than anybody. He was another guy. I think he was a little misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was boys with him, but but and I, you know, there was things that he would do that I didn't necessarily appreciate, but but. I think he was misunderstood as a person. I, I think he's one of those complicated cats that it had insane talent, insane talent. That's an Without question, um, yeah. uh, in my opinion, there was not a doubt he was going to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know exactly what happened there, but but it's unfortunate that he's not playing it because I think golf would have benefited from Anthony, you know Anthony Kim playing golf. So. You know, him, I think he was the best player of that President's Cup team in 09, for sure. And he was, dude, he he is one of those guys that he loves that controversy. He loves people, you know, and he just feeds off of it. And he would go put his headphones on and, and sit, sit at, you know, sit by himself on the couch 
and be antisocial. And certain people on the team would say certain things. And, you know, I know guys on the pres- uh, on the uh, international team were talking shit, and he'd go out there and whoop them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would give them a schlacking. Well, I'll be honest, Sean. We're trying very hard to get him on golf subpar. We are so dying. So uh, lean on him a little yeah, bit Yeah, do you want to make a little pitch right now to AK? Being yeah, I got boys? him in my speed dial. Let me, let me call him Text right him up. after and say, dude, yeah. great show. Yeah. I think you'd have a blast. <laughs> All right, well, we're trying get, to hunt him down. Let's get to some fun stuff. He's let's like the Sasquatch. Doing, we do this with every guest. It's called Emergency Nine. Oh, jeez. Nine fun questions to okay. get to know a little bit more about the great Sean O'Hare. I feel like you're an onion, you do, dude. You, There's a lot of layers dude, you, to you, dude. You do know how boring I am. This is my day. This is my day. COVID-19. Sean, this I, is our show. You ha- don't tell us how to do this show. Happy, this show. happy hour starts about 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know. See, that's we not got, boring. Uh, that sounds great. We got, we got Golden Girls. We got Home Improvement. We've got the the Food Network. You do not sell home improvement. Oh, I do. Home improvement on every what? day. Every <laughs> day. How laugh. That? It's on laugh. I don't even know. Like, I've never heard laugh. of that network in my life. Yeah. L A L A F F. What's that stand for? L A F F. I have no idea. I'm, I'm losers a... and <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Some other thing. Yeah. yeah. I had two Fs by the way. For you. Heidi. Heidi was a twelve. You know, but yeah. Pamela Anderson was. She was yeah, she was the early Heidi. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. But um. Heidi. I was big fan of Smoke. You know, Yellowstone. Grunt. Yellowstone. Yellowstone's well, good. Watched it. I haven't Peaky watched blinders. it. I'm about to get on that. Peaky, dude, all time. I think you'd look good in a peaky haircut. By the way, why do you not wear a visor with this hair you got? You'd be a great visor guy. It took me 30 minutes to do this hair. Okay. I've never... Yeah, you looked all up We're right getting now. off topic Hold here, on. Guys. Can we get one... Just quick things before we get to E9. Like, what's, give us the current status of you right now. When can we expect you back? You're coming back from injury. Yeah, so, um, so I was hurt for a little over a year. I tried to come back. Played a couple of events. Corn Ferry hits. Or corn Ferry hits. That, that Corn Ferry virus. COVID, sorry, that's the the, the uh, code to go talking. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Corn Ferry uh, or the COVID hits and and um, and so the tour, uh, you know, they had to come up with, you know, some options for guys, especially guys on medical. So I took my two events back. So I still have sixteen starts, and I just figured, you know that I probably should just wait. So I'm going to play um, starting September. I'm going to... Safeway. Yeah, Safeway. Safeway, so. you're back. How hard has that Corn Ferry Tour been, though? Because you and I were texting about the other day. Dude, you're I, like, dude, I, these you know, kids I, I, I got to tell you, you know, I I, I played two Corn Ferry events, um, you know, in the Bahamas and started playing, you know, had, had a, I think, a third or a fourth and then played well the next week. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Got some confidence. I've played maybe three since. I've got my ass stepped on. And, and I'm just like, I, I'm, this is counterproductive. I'm, I'm trying to play these events to get some confidence in my game. And I'm like, these guys, they shoot eight, nine under par every single round. And you got to shoot 27 under to win a golf tournament. I'm just like, you know, it, it's just, it's different golf than the PJ tour. And so for me, I'm going to take the next three weeks off and, and work on my game and hopefully, uh, hopefully be ready, uh, come Safeway. That's where Colt and I will come into play. We'll help with that. We will help confidence. your confidence out yep. a lot. Big yes. confidence but boost, right guys. now we might yes. destroy it a little okay. bit because it's All time right. for Emergency Let's Nine. Let's do it. Number one, movie about the life of Sean O'Hare. You can pick any actor to play you, dead or alive. Who plays you? Dude. Old Yeller? <laughs> Jesus, that's what most depressing. Wrong? You're so depressing. We need like a therapy. We need yeah. to bring you back, dude. This is a happy like a, show. We need to do you know, like uh, a <laughs> Tim Robbins like uh, round uh, table. No, um, dude, I, I have no idea. I can say my, my my most favorite TV show. Can we do that? Your favorite actor? 
Yeah, we need an actor. Favorite actor. To play no, you. This is about your life, bro. Dude, this is... I. No, Which could it, be like a real you movie, pick, by like, the Matt way. Matt Damon? No. Yeah, dude, we had... Seth Green? John Daly no. picked Matt Damon. We've had some shitty answers. Gary Woodland picked Denzel Washington? Yeah, Gary Woodland wants to be Denzel. There's no right or wrong there's, answer. There's, yeah, don't feel pressure. What do I want to be or someone who's going to be me? Either one. Whatever, Whatever makes you happy. This is your I think, movie. I, yeah. think, I think guys who are cool definitely have a man crush on uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Okay, there you go. Mark knew Wallace that was coming, you. by Kess- the way. Costner. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Costner. I, yeah, I, 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 I love yeah. I love. Costner. I knew Wahlberg yeah. was coming, dude. Right. I freaking dude. knew. Who did you have for him? Uh, I kind of have, for some reason, I kind of have a Seth Green look in his face a little bit. A little it's Seth weird. Green? He's, he's, I don't know if you're funny oh, enough. But I'm not that fat. I'm not that fat. <laughs> I'm not that fat either. I don't, I don't know if you got that. It's a little too talented. Dude, he's, he's, dude, that guy's hilarious. He's awesome. I wish I had his personality. I'd be such a better golfer. It has nothing to do with personality. He's an actor. He can play boring. Yeah, he can be you. It's more of a Have you guys seen Longshot? Yeah, it's great. How hot is that woman? Longshot? Longshot. I don't know what that is. What is that? It's Charlie's throne. She's like a secretary of state. She is. She's a 12. But it's not even Have you like seen monsters or it's her personality. Monster. She's the coolest. Chick. She's not only the hottest chick. She's the coolest chick. She was on the same flight as us to Malaysia for the CIMB, and she was over there with her all the security and everything. She's really tall. Did you talk to her? No, I got nervous. Yeah, I don't, I don't happen. get nervous. All right, when we when we cast your movie, we'll that's, make her the we'll make her your romantic interest. That's a good little, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, right, we'll okay. make her your romantic. I had yeah. you as Tom Hanks' son. Have you seen Orange County? No. Oh, Jesus. Get out a little bit, dude. You've been injured. I would say Tom Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. All right. All right. Well, it's his kid, so you should like that. All right. Number two. What's the thing that you're best at in life other than golf? Give me like a hidden talent. Breathing. (laughs) It ain't self-esteem. I'll tell you (laughs) that, dude. It ain't. When you said earlier at the very beginning, like, I'm not one to blow smoke up my own ass. You weren't lying, dude. (laughs) There's no smoke being blown. I'm pretty good at breathing. Oh, Um, you're a good breather. I've made it 38 years. Um... You know, like, <laughs> we're gonna have to add like depressing uh, I, music honestly, into this. Honestly, I have no idea, dude. You're, uh, are you good at ping pong or freaking no, man? Gardening? I, Anything? No. Drinking? Drinking? You're drinking. You, you drink I'm, I'm actually decent. I'm dude, decent. you can drink I'm, some. I'm scotch. decent at drinking. You I'm, drink scotch well. I'm decent. Well, it's kind of along the lines. Okay, the next question. We're having to answer your yeah. questions for you. All right, here we go. Tighten up right now. It's kind of along the same lines, but yeah. if, if you if you weren't a golfer, what would you do for a living? Yeah, that's a good one. I like these. Don't say you know what? I actually, yeah, honestly, like kill myself. Honestly, I was this close to joining the Marine Corps. Really? Mm-hmm. It was my only option. You think you're tough enough to be a Marine? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I doubt. I don't Fuck believe yeah. that. I honestly, I'm not. I'm not bad at being told what to do, and it's just like, all right. You know, I'm a good soldier. All right, go give me a drink. I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope a Marines out go there watching re- and be like, play, go refill. But you know what? What would I want to do? I, I mean, I love, I love uh, being a pilot. Would have been awesome. Being a, you know, like race a fighter car, pilot. Yeah, race car driver. Oh, okay, I love speed. Race car. I love, there you go. Now I you're, love, now you're I love answering speed. some shit. I love. Yeah, I love. Say speed. what you want. Open this. Brain I love speed. Wrong answers. Open no, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you, I'm not good at anything other than breathing and playing golf. All right, and I'm actually half. Fill this up, thing. dude. We'll think of it. Yeah. All, right. yeah. All right, next question. All right, next question. Are you embarrassed to be the only human alive who's both a Philadelphia Eagles and a Dallas Cowboys fan? Because I mean, dude, that's <laughs> Which like is impossible. And what's it really your... bothers me actually? Yeah, uh, it honestly you talk is so a problem. Shit to me about I the Dallas do. Cowboys, and then I find out from your. You know what's funny? He's got half e- the e- NFC. You know, it's funny. I I actually am a I I love me some Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith. Troy, you Aikman. abuse me over the Cowboys, dude. Every year. But you're I, an Eagles guy. 
Um, so that's like pretty. I'm much an Eagles guy because you live in Philly. You know, it's such a strong culture in Philadelphia, and and you know, Jeff Lurie, he's he's a great owner. I think we have a great coach, and you know, I think Carson is is it has a potential of being a really good quarterback, and and uh, you know, I, I love the culture, I love the passion, right, of Philadelphia Eagles or just Philadelphia sports in general, to be honest with you. But, dude, I grew up in Lubbock, freaking Texas. I mean, that's that's like cowboy country. That's fair. And and you know, when, once Quincy Carter took over. And started snorting some white stuff. I I I was done <laughs> with the Cowboys. So oh, so you're fully right. out on the Cowboys. I'm I'm yeah. Eagles. Wait, which one? Dude, which one? I Quincy no Carter. Idea. See now I'm in. See now I'm I'm now like. Well, I'm 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 a big Texas Tech fan. Okay. Well, that and makes sense. We got Kingsbury. That's the one thing that Kingsbury's sense. over at you know Cardinals now, and I'm like, eh, should I should I root up for the Cardinals? I I don't know, man. I, I've got a big dilemma. I gotta figure this shit out. You are out. so confused wow. right now. So we'll help confused. you out with this. Yeah, Jesus. All right, Christ. Cool. Keep it, you need a mental coach. Oh, We're gonna bad. have to bring you back, dude, for like a counseling session. Yeah. We right. will help you. Next. All question. right, keep going. You used to work with renowned swing instructor Sean Foley. Uh, yes, sir. Who prides himself on his appearance? Who mm. spends more time in front of the mirror, him or your wife Jackie? Oh God, Sean Foley. <laughs> it's yeah. not even close. Have you seen my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I want to edit this. Putty, right. honey, you're beautiful. I love you. Don't sorry. worry, Sean. We can edit this. Um, you know what? She's she's <laughs> she's one of those chicks that is just like you know she she's a mom, right? So Sean is very uh, prim and proper, and and you know I I love me some Foley. I love talking to Foley. He's he's a friend of mine, and um, and he's a very pretty individual. He has asked to come on the program, so I'm going to need some good dirt. Yeah, we're going to dig in on. deep. He had his hands mm. full with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. Now. Yeah. He did. What are he you did. He is always- I think he had to read a book for every uh, for every talk that we had, right? So he was I like, oh, Sean needs a talk. So he would go read like some Buddhist book. I and- think he was more sports psychologist than swing teacher. And, like, swing yeah. looks no, good. Let's he, talk about your brain. Dude, I, 100%. Foley in 09, I mean, he was a big part. I think him and Tesori. Tesori was probably the biggest, biggest weapon I had in my early career. He's I mean, fully. I mean, uh, Tesori. You know, I think he is is one of the best, if not the best, caddy out there. I Shay. I think my my ex caddy is one of those guys. I think he. I think those two guys are probably the top three caddies on the PGA Tour, in my humble opinion. But Tesori, he. Uh, he brought something to the table that a lot of caddies can't and, and, you know, that matched with, with Foley. And I think Foley, he was maybe a little simpler with his coaching then. Um, and I'm not criticizing at all. Um, I think, you know, the technical stuff works for different players, but Foley, the, the stuff that he, he made me a better player and he was, he was unbelievable. And it was a lot of fun working with him. I love Sean Foley. Well, I think I need to ask the next question. He's a very pretty yours. one. What's that? I think I need to ask the next question to lead into yours. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you go, Colt. Gotcha. I'll let you go. All right, a little trivia question about yourself. Mm. Mm. You had a great Sean O'Hare. Yeah. Do you have more individual wins as a pro, or have you hit more balls in the water on 17 at TPC Sawgrass? <laughs> You're <laughs> such a prick for saying that. <laughs> we, I mean, we can't get through a whole God, show without bringing that asshole. up. I thought we showed great restraint not bringing it up earlier. Yeah. 
That sucked. Um, well, half my wins are in in the fucking pond from Sunday on on that round. Yeah, uh, I hit I think two of them in the water. So no, uh, just total throughout your career. Total throughout the career, hundred percent. I got I, twice as many golf balls in that. No, actually, you're wrong. It's a tie. You have seven individual wins as a professional golfer. Are you actually telling me you did homework on this shit? Yeah, you, you seven, are a fucking cynical you bastard. Seven balls in the water on I the TBC. Would, Mm. We if, do our work. If I'm here. your attorney right now, I'm saying erroneous objection because you won two two man I said titles. Individual, sir. Oh, he it said individual. In All right, question. sustained. Listen, when I'm sustained, speaking, you have nine total wins, seven as an individual, and you fit seven balls. I keep in the water. trying to talk myself into liking you, <laughs> but this just proves that I'm right. No, it's too much. It's too, it's wait, too, it's too much. much. Okay. Well, no All right, this is a good follow up question for this. All right, so if someone gave you a check for the $750,000 that you lost on the 17th hole at the players, what would you buy? And you think it's just me. <laughs> you got an extra uh, 750 to burn. You got to buy it on one thing. You can't say, like, oh, I'll buy a bunch of investment properties. I don't think I'd buy anything. I think I'd fucking retire. <laughs> just quit? That's it? I think I'd just quit. Just shut yeah, it down? By yeah, the way, I'd the best is when they replayed that. That players from a few years oh, ago. Oh, we were and watching we were, it. We were dude. watching it yeah. and texting you, and y'all were like seven holes behind the next group. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, Sean, I, are you gonna finish? I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, this is so I good. was, I was so nervous because I mean, I think you play with me since then, and yeah. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself a slow player no, by any means. I'm, I'm actually pretty, a, a pretty quick player, but back then, I, I mean, I'm, you're, you're playing against Phil Mickelson. I was scared shitless. And I had no fucking clue what I was doing. And and back then, I was a slow player. Even me watching myself, I'm like, what the fuck are you Dude, doing? We were watching it right before our radio show. And me and Colt were sitting there. And they were replaying like your your uh, player's championship. And we were sitting. I was like, Dude, how slow, we're like, how slow you is Sean? Now, you guys know me. You guys know me pretty good. So just think about all the thoughts that yeah. are going oh, in my mind. I can't even. The demons. I can't even. I'm like, I've got the... I got the evil elf over here, and I've got the you know the little saint over here, and and they're like talking to one another. And I step in, and I step out, and I step in, and and then the and then the bad guy says, "You're gonna fucking fat this three wood off the tee." I'm glad to hear yeah. you're not the only guy that's got those. Dudes. You know, it, it's just like, how am I supposed to do this? So for me to finish eleventh. After I was leading that golf tournament, it was actually pretty good. That was a good. Finish. That was actually pretty yeah, good. That was, good that was a strong finish. You brought it home nice. All right, I do did. I go next? I, no, I was proud of myself. Oh, do you have yeah. one more? I have one more. Oh, I have one more. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. If you could live another person's life for you had to live another person's life for one year, can't be a golfer. Who is it? Sounds like Ooh. Kevin Costner. It sounds like Mark Wahlberg. No, creepy ass dude. No, no. I um, I you know I never even thought about that. Yeah. Uh, those are good questions. Who's got the sickest bank account with the? You can't be like Bezos. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess you could be Bezos, but that'd be boring. You want um, to be like a like a rapper. Or you know what, dude? I, honestly, I think I, I think it's not necessarily who I'd want to be. I think it was more what I would want to be. If I could be anybody, I'd want to be. I, I'd probably have a ranch out in Montana or Wyoming or something like that, and I'd you know act like I know what the hell I'm doing. You know, I, I honestly being out in the middle of nowhere where there's no people and I don't have to talk to anybody and being out in nature <laughs> to be, that is bliss. Where I don't have I to love, do podcasts. I don't, to to I, don't I, I don't like people. They can all go, you know, yeah. if I could just not I, talk to anyone you know for 10 years. Yeah. That'd right, be fantastic. Question. 
You've made yes, it. Sir. This is the last question. Number nine. This is it. Is it true you only stand? <laughs> <laughs> this is not. This I is can't. not. This oh, is, this is this, is this about added. the knee? Is this, this is no. going to get okay, edited? Okay, but Jesus. Do it anyways. <laughs> don't pay attention to me, dude. <laughs> You're awful. Don't pay You're attention. You're awful. All right, hold up. I'm gonna I'm gonna zone in. All right. Mm. All right is yeah. it true you only stay in handicap accessible hotel rooms from now on because oh, of a nearly career-ending bathroom injury? <laughs> I was going to get through that just fine. Oh, Jesus. And for the record, Paul Tesori told me to ask that. (laughs) Do you guys want to hear that story? Yes! Oh, my God, yes, if you're willing. Don't talk. Oh, Christ. Let me push this. So, I forget what year this was. And... uh, (laughs) I think this was 08 or 09. It wasn't 09. I think it was 08. So uh, it was a long trip. Mm-hmm. I was on the road for a while. Yeah, lonely. I was lonely. And I woke up one morning and, and you know, I was lonely. And I was in the shower and thought I would indulge in some self-abuse. And, and, uh, um, but it was, it was really good. I was trying, you know, it was really good. It was like one of those moments where you're just trying to hold it off and you're trying to make it last. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was really good. And then, pow, hyperextended my right knee. <laughs> and uh, come, come, limping, come limping in um, and to see my trainer, who was Craig Davies at the time. He's like, he's like, dude, what, what happened to your knee? And I'm like, ah, you don't, you don't want to know. He goes... No, I, what happened? And I'm like, well, I was enjoying myself in the shower and, and uh, hyperextended my knee. And, uh, and so the funniest part about this story is like a month later, I'm playing with uh, Nathan Green. And Nathan is, dude, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. And we're playing Byron Nelson and, and we're on, on 17T and he's like, hey, I got to tell you the story and, and, you know, we're having fun. I mean, he's telling jokes and, and we're laughing our ass off and he's telling stories and he's like, I got to tell you this story. I'm like, what? And he goes, dude, so, so Phoenix opened a, a couple or a couple months ago. Uh, Vaughn Taylor was, was, you know, he, he was whatever, taking, in the, a, run in t- taking a run in himself <laughs> in the shower and uh, he hyperextended his knee and I'm like, oh, geez. And I'm like, okay. And I know he's talking about me. <laughs> like, Jesus, what an idiot Vaughn is. And I'm like, and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you know, he, he, uh, he, he, he really hurt his knee and all this other stuff. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, it wasn't Vaughn. He goes, really? And I'm like, and he goes, who was it? I said, well, it, it was me. He <laughs> fucking fell on the T rolling. Oh, and, uh, I think, uh, uh yeah that was that was you know that was an interesting moment in my career but um had knee surgery a few years later and uh, that you know cleaned it all if up if i had but, a nickel for every guy i knew that blew his knee out but uh <laughs> whacking off yeah <laughs> you know but uh yeah it was a good one that's that's all time it was a good one you are a legend for right telling there. it there's no better ending that i can think of it's a happy ending i feel like that's uh I have a feeling that that's going to be the uh, 
be the shining moment the of my clip? career. That'll yeah, be yeah, the, the yeah, social a, media. I didn't want to talk about that, but you bastards brought it out. When you're so. on, when you're in Montana with your ranch, you won't even know that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, dude. You're an all-timer. Love you, boys. Enjoy. Well, Sleaze, I can honestly say I don't think we'll ever end an interview the way we just (laughs) ended that one. (laughs) I I knew the question was coming. I did not know that he would actually answer it seriously. I was like, I thought he'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, that's a long story. Don't want to get into it. End of interview. But he he was more than willing to just open up about that. Man's got no no pride. I I like it. I loved it. But uh, going back to the start of the interview, I mean, it's tough. I mean, not everybody's brought up in the best of situations, and he had a tough deal with his dad. But can you imagine turning pro after your junior year in high school and trying to play against the best players in the world? Are you kidding me? I couldn't even adapt going to college and all the free and all the, the responsibility and freedom that comes along with that. I could not imagine having to go out and compete against grown men playing the game of golf. I mean, I know he was good. He's a second-ranked junior in the country, but that's a totally different ball game. And like, it was cool of Sean to really get into that with us because yeah. I know it's personal. I know it's not the easiest thing to talk to, but like really appreciate him opening up about that it was and i mean for him to get into some of those what were then nike tour events and actually qualify for a few of them a right bunch of them unbelievable yeah. and then you know he goes on when he gets his pga tour card i mean he was kind of the can't miss kid then wins the rookie of the year goes on to have all the success and he's he's had a lot of highs and lows in his career but i think there's still a lot of good golf left in sean and we wish him the best yeah absolutely he came out at one point he was you know the guy that was being dubbed the best under 30 player on the pga tour mm-hmm. 10 12 years ago so i would love to see him get back love to see him healthy you and i played with him this past week it looks good and i'm looking forward to seeing what he does and you know making a push to get back out there full time i was actually disappointed in how good it looked yeah it was disappointing a little bit i was disappointed in that putter more than anything but uh Nobody yeah was a putt like that i know not ever he knows it too but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing him back and I think he, he definitely still has the game for it. You got it. All right, well, let's get to the gambling portion of the segment. I'll be honest, I didn't have my best week. I didn't I didn't rise to the occasion of the playoffs. I needed a week like this. I don't know what happened, but there was at least a chunk. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I know there was a chunk taken happened. out of it. Yes, Lee. So back-to-back weeks with two top 10 finishes. This week, Webb Simpson at T6, Scotty Scheffler at T4. You cut roughly three quarters of a million dollars off the lead, but that still leaves you trailing Colt by a hair over $2 million. Mm, damn, that's tough. Good dude. week for I you. Get, I, I, mean, I, I helped you as much as I could. I snipped 700. I know I needed a win. Mm-hmm. I had to have a win. After the 59 with Scheffler, I was like, dude, this could be it. That's one eight right there if he clips it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. All right need well, another one like that. To, it's on to the BMW championship outside of Chicago Olympia Fields Country Club. Just only 70 guys in the field. Not that many guys to pick from this week. Yeah, it's tight, but... You know what? You do have the honor, surprisingly, this week. I do have the honor, and I went back and forth big time on this top tier because I've been awful. I can't get my top tier guy to even make a cut. So I went with my gut. I'm going back to old trusty John Rahm, 10 to 1, coming off a sixth place last week, final round 66. A lot of drivers going to be hit on this golf course. He's fourth on the PGA Tour in strokes gain driving. I'm trying to pick good drivers of the ball this week. And uh, John Rahm, I mean, I like him every week, but coming off a sixth, how do you know there's going to be a lot of drivers hit? I know that it's golf course. I read about it. (laughs) <laughs> I read a lot about it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they haven't played there since 2003. Yeah. Jim Frick is a great driver. So I, picked uh, I love it. Well, I hopefully your curse on the, the favorites reverses because if you watch our pick three, that's my guy this week is John Rahm. Okay. But I like it. You know what? There's a lot of very nice golfers to choose from. I'm going with a guy who's 22 to one. He's missed two cuts in his career. One being last week. The last time he missed a cut came back and won the following week. Ooh. Okay. Good stat. I'm going to go with, hopefully that trend continues. Colin Morikawa is my favorite to win this week, 22 to 1. I don't know if he can strike it well enough to get it around Olympia Field. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My second pick, a guy who, I mean, arguably 
won the real golf tournament last week. Dustin was playing something totally yep. different. This guy, he's, he's had six straight finishes of 23rd or better. He's just in there every single week, it seems like. He's 35-1, to 1, and that is Harris English. Yeah, how's he still 35-1? to 1? He, You're always surprised to see him down in that range. He's been nailed. Man, is he a solid nails. player. Yeah, absolutely. Can't knock that pick. I put him on the team a lot. He's been my one guy that shows up every single week. All right, this is where I was really struggling, but I'm going to go with the hot hand. Twi- excuse me, 33-1, to 1, Scotty Scheffler. Shot a little 59 burger this past week. Not bad. Last four starts, 22, 15th, 4th, and 4th, back-to-back top fives. Ninth in total driving. Why Scotty do you call Chef. it a 59 burger? I don't know. I just added a 59 piece, a little okay, 59er. Just curious. A little 59. I like the pick. Hopefully his caddy can go. Yeah, that's going to be – got to get rid of that cramp. Yeah, tough, yeah. tough deal. Had caddy to play the back nine without his caddy. Yeah, it ain't easy. Probably would have right. won. The third pick on Team Gravy, Colton Ost. Guy's going off at 55 to 1. He was the last man in the field for this week. He birdied the 72nd hole just to get in the field. And I feel like when PJ Tour players have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain, they just let it go and they play really well. So I'm looking for Louis Ustazen to do something special Sweet this week. Sweet swinging Louis. Cost Doc Redman a spot uh, mm-hmm. at the BMW this week. All right, I am mad at it. Love the golf swing. I'm going to go, like I said, if I'm going, if the ship's going down, I'm going down with my guys that I've been riding with. So I'm going back to the well with Sung JM 66 oh to 1. Dude. It's time. He's been benched long enough. I think he's learned his lesson. He's been riding some pine. Missed cut last week. Had a really bad stretch there in the middle of the, what was it, the first round. He went like double-double bogey, five over and three holes. That was an issue, but going back with him, ball striking's got to be back. Just give me something, Sungjae. I've been riding with you all year. I need you more than ever. Well, first off, the only week you didn't take him early on in the season, I took him and he won. Yeah, I did. Every week you've taken him, he's played terrible. So the only thing that can stop Sungjae M more than a golf course not having a driving range? The sleaze. His daddy? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's nice to have that kind of control He's going to kill you, actually. If he ever sees you, he's not going to like you. Yeah, that's possible. All right, my last pick. This guy, he's played terrible three weeks in a row. There's no, there's no way to absolutely really sugarcoat it. My next guy it. stinks. Uh, I've never seen him at this bad of odds. I mean, he's a major champion. Um, one of the most, normally, one of the most consistent players on the PGA Tour. Fantastic ball striker. He's going off at 70-1 to 1 this week. It's insulting. I'm going to call him and tell him this is embarrassing. Gary Woodland, you are rounding out Team Colt Nose, Team Gravy. Yes, and I, if you talk to him, tell him I had a bet on him last week at 43rd or better, and he shit the bed for me. So Oh, he actually sent me some money for you. I forgot to give it okay, to you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, slide that okay. on over. All right, Gary Woodland for you. I'm going to go with the guy playing some pretty good. I'm going to go on the other side. You are picked a guy that's not mm-hmm. playing well. I'm picking a guy that is playing well. Ryan Palmer, 80 to 1, second, second, eighth, and 15th in three of his last four starts, playing some good golf, kind of under the radar, drives it well too. Need him. Dude, I need big, I need someone to show up and hoist the trophy at the end of this week. All right. 700 well, grand ain't going to, chops yeah. ain't going to do it. Well, good luck to you. You got two weeks to catch up. Crunch time. Or you're going to be carrying that bag. I know, dude. Got to get it in the Whisper gym. Rock Golf Club. I cannot wait. I'll be the hope, worst caddy ever. <laughs> hope everyone have, has a great week, and we'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.